Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey, everyone. Welcome, and uh, thanks for joining me once again today. I have a great lineup of guests for you. My first guest today is David Scranton from Sound Income Strategies, LLC, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're going to be talking about an upcoming book that he has called Sound Income, well, Sound Income Strategies is the name of his company. I'm sorry. Uh, He's got a new book coming up. It's called The Retirement Income Story, the story behind the launch of the Retirement Income Store. So, David, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me once again. It's been a couple of years. Well, of course, Bill. Good to be back. Hey, uh, uh, lot of, lots changed in the last few years. Some things have not changed, like interest rates haven't really gone up. They've started to drift down again. But uh, other than that, there's, there's a, a whole different feel in the economy right now. Look forward to getting your, your uh, tips and ideas about that. Before we get into that, though, tell us a little bit about you and Sound Income Strategies, LLC. Well, Sound Income Strategies is our registered investment advisory firm where we focus on investing for income. Um, so, when, for example, when people actually do sell their businesses and they're used to pulling a nice salary or declaring a nice dividend for themselves and they no longer can do that and they instead they have a lump sum of money, they need to figure out how to get that lump sum of money to generate income. And, you know, we find that most advisors are geared toward growth. They're geared toward capital accumulation. So our niche is the opposite. Our niche is all interest and dividends, uh, getting the most income that you conservatively can from that lump sum of money that you receive when you do sell your business. That's that's a great, you know, that's something that's been coming at us. Okay, the baby boomer wave has been coming at us, obviously. We've seen it coming. It's it's here. Um, the the issue that I don't think we've we expected, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that, that the Fed policy would hold interest rates so low for so long. And so that creates some challenges for people that look at traditional things like you know, CDs and money market accounts and even um, short-term bond type of strategies. So uh, in your new book that you're going to talk about, the, uh, the Retirement Income Store, E, it's, I think it's store, it's store with an E in it. I see that. Tell us a little bit about, about uh, what the environment is, and then let's get into the book. Well, okay, so the, the, the environment is, I believe, a new norm of low interest rates. And, and I talked about this going back as far as 2008, uh, because when, we, when the Fed lowered interest rates in response to the technology bubble having burst and trying to get the economy going, they had lowered rates to 2%. It was the first time they had lowered short-term rates that low. So I predicted in 2008 that this time the Federal Reserve would lower rates to zero. And when that's not enough ammunition, they're, they're going to have to come up with newfangled ways to stimulate the market. And, of course, they came up with all the QE quantitative easing and such. Because here's the reality. 
any type of stimulus, let's say in the human body, caffeine, okay, it starts to lose its effect after a while. In the morning, you have that cup of coffee, man, you feel great. That lasts about four or five hours, and then you start to crash. Well, if you want to get that get caffeine buzz going again mid-afternoon, now maybe you need to have two cups of coffee instead of one. And God forbid if you try to get it going a third time at 10 o'clock at night, well, now you have to have three cups of coffee. So you need more and more of the stimulant to get the same effect as time goes on. And that is the problem that the Federal Reserve is now running into. So I believe we're in this new norm of low interest rates, much like Japan had really over the last 20 plus years. Uh, Their baby boom generation being a little older than us in part caused that. And now we're phasing into that also. Uh, Will we see negative interest rates as the president said he wanted and as we see in other countries? I don't I don't know. I I think we might. But I certainly think the 10 year government bond is going to be below one percent at some point in the not too distant future. So it's here to stay, unfortunately. Yeah, and that that creates a whole new environment for people to to think about their planning. I think, uh, you know, for a while there, it was it was felt like interest rates were going to start rising, if if only to have some ammunition to drop uh, rates to stimulate the economy in a recession. And now we're back to uh, interest rates dropping in the last quarter, and the recession hasn't. Well, at least the 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 general population says the recession hasn't hit yet, so will we have that ammunition in the future? That's that's the big question. But uh, what is a what is an investor to do these days? Uh, someone that's retiring and looking for income. What kind of strategies do you uh, help them find? You, you mentioned uh, dividends and interest. Are they dividend paying stocks, or uh, where, where do people go for yield? Yeah, it's all the above, and frankly, it's something that people should consider when they're retired or within 10 years of retirement, because from 2000 to 2013, we had 13 years of zero growth in the market. So even somebody who's planning to retire five or 10 years from now could potentially find themselves in a trough of a stock market pullback. So what are some of the tools, you ask? Well, dividend-paying stocks can very well work if someone is going to continue to take the risk of being in the market or with, I should say, the portion of their money that they're willing to take that risk. Yeah, Mm -hmm. companies can cut dividends, but you know as well as I do that companies tend to resist cutting dividends. They, They don't like to do it unless they have to. So that's one option if you're going to be in equities. And when you get out of equities, you start to get in that whole world of bonds and and bond like instruments whether it's bonds or preferreds or some other tools that are in that general class of investment. And most people are surprised when I explain to them that even after our management fee, um, you can average 4 to 5% in interest and dividends. Most people don't think that's true because the brokers are telling them the most you can get in the bond market today is 2 or 3 um, and you can get good yields. Now, if we go into a negative yield environment, that's going to change, of course, but you know, we'll have to deal with that when the time comes. And that's what the book's really about. The book is really about an initiative that we made. Uh, we started a franchise called the Retirement Income Store, and we have uh, 24 advisors right now and growing rapidly that are with us that are really income specialists located throughout the country so that if somebody really wants to learn how to invest for income, to me, it should be it should be as easy as walking in the Macy's and, and buying a pair of pants. Um, and I say mm-hmm. that man, I say I was talking to man to man because, of course, men men go shopping in Macy's a little differently from the ladies. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. This is not a browsing store. This is a buying store. 
That's right. <laughs> for it's for the, a go strategy. in. This is what I want. How do I get it? <laughs> That's right. And and, yep. and again, your book's called the Retirement Income Store. A store with a store dash e. What's what's right. behind the store dash e? It's a it's the retirement income story. It's the story okay. behind why we started the retirement income store and why the retirement income store is really starting to take off. So what it does, it, it, it helps your average investor understand that they do have an alternative to growth. They can invest for income instead of growth. It talks about the right way and the wrong ways to get income from investments. It talks about some fallacies in the stock market and why, if anything, right now might actually be a decent time to uh, consider lowering your market risk in light of all the concerns we have about recession and so on and some other factors. And then we, talk, we, talk, we have a section where we actually talk about why your average investor probably hasn't heard about all these income-based options and why your advisor isn't talking about it either. And finally, we talk about how to choose, what to look for when choosing really someone who's an income specialist. And that's the book in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know that in your book you explain why individuals should make sure they're working with a fiduciary. What is a fiduciary? Why is it so important for anyone close to retirement age to work with one? It's interesting. A study had shown recently that most investors believe that every every financial advisor is held to a fiduciary standard. And so the first step is it's important to realize that they're not. Um, there are fiduciaries and non-fiduciaries. Your average broker, your average salesperson who collects a commission is not a fiduciary. They're held to a, what's called a standard of suitability. In other words, they've got to make a reasonably suitable recommendation when they're working with you. Um, however, if someone's charging a fee to manage money, then then they are legally considered to be a fiduciary. In other words, they've got to do what they believe is the absolute best thing for you when making a recommendation. So fiduciaries are held to a much higher standard, and the goal is to get the client and the advisor on the same side of the table, not in opposing positions where one's trying to sell a high commission product and, and one the other one's trying to get a good return. You should be sitting on the same side of the table working toward the same goals. And, uh, and that's the premise. And, and to me, that's the baseline. If you start there, then once you find that person that's a fiduciary with whom you're comfortable, then there's other things to look for beyond that to make sure you're dealing with the right person for you. So if someone's a fiduciary, does that mean that they're potentially liable if things don't work out? What is the higher standard that they're, that they're held to? Sure, fiduciaries have more liability. Uh, anyone could make a cl complaint against any financial advisor because they disagree with something the advisor did in their portfolio. Uh, it's, it's, if somebody's working on a suitability basis, i.e. a broker, then in order to really make that complaint, you've got to say, you've got to prove that your broker basically lied to you about something or didn't disclose some material fact. That's really, that's really the only thing at that point if you're trying to successfully litigate against an advisor who's a broker, who's not a fiduciary. Through a fiduciary, they could have disclosed everything, did not lie about anything, but you can make the argument that, look, this allocation is not suitable for my goals because I told them I want to accomplish A, B, and C, and instead they put me in this other thing. So, yes, fiduciaries have more liability, um, and that's a good thing. 
it's a good thing. It, it, it keeps us honest. It makes sure, again, we're on the same side of the table as the investor, and, and that's how it should be. I mean, you know, doctors, you know, you can walk into a doctor's office and say, hey, doc, I want you to slice me down the chest. I want you to perform open-heart surgery on me. Well, he can't do it without a reason. He's got to make sure that's the best solution for your problem. So why shouldn't we be treated the same as doctors? I believe we should. Got it. Okay. In your book, you explain uh, an equation, and I think it might be of interest to our listeners. It's, it's TR equals I plus G. And you say that that could make all the difference in somebody's quality of life during retirement. Can you explain what this equation is, why it's so important? Yeah, and it's an equation that you're aware of and that we've heard about you know, for decades. But, but people have lost sight of it because the 80s and 90s was the best stock market in U.S. history. And most people today started getting serious about investments during that time. And their paradigm became growth or capital appreciation. So to, TR equals I plus G is total return equals income plus growth. And it's there in the book to remind people that income is an important component of return. A lot of times when people say, I need more growth on my money, I'll look at them and I'll say, you mean if I were to get you a 10% FDIC-insured CD, you, you, you wouldn't want it? And they'd say, well, of course I want it. And that's when they begin to realize that they don't really want growth, they want return. And see, in our younger years, we don't care whether the return comes from the I or the G, whether it's interest or dividends or growth. We don't care. We want to make money. But as we get within 10 years of retirement, we do care. TR equals I plus G, the most important letter in that whole equation, if you're within 10 years of retirement, is the I. We care about the I more than we care about the G, and frankly, we care about it more than we do total return. So it's just a great refresher to get people back to basics to understand that you don't have to cross your fingers and toes and hope for growth. There's another alternative. And frankly, since the turn of the century, most of the investors who focused on the I, who focused on bonds and bond-like instruments, going on 20 years as of December 31st, have earned more return than those who focused on the G, the stock market. Because the stock market's only averaged about 5% average annualized return over the last 20 years. It's had some it had some sleepy years. It had what they called the uh, what was it the the lost decade, I guess, for a lot of people. That That's right. They, at the end of the decade, they didn't see really anything, and that that created a lot of um, uh, turmoil and panic because obviously, you know, pe- people are aging. What is it? Ten thousand people a day turn age sixty-five. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of people concerned about. Okay, now how do I turn all this into income if it didn't grow? And for and maybe for a lot of people, they're catching up over the last few years because they didn't save as much as they should in the earlier years. Uh, it, it's a very difficult mm-hmm. situation. So when we talk about the the uh, uh, launch of the retirement income store, where retirees go for income, can you explain what the retirement income store is a little bit more? How it can help individuals establish ongoing streams of income for their retirement and should people should people buy the book first and then look at the the retirement income store? Is it all in the same? How how does it work? Well, I think they can do them do that simultaneously, but the book will really, in large part, answer the question: Is the retirement store right for me? The book will do that. Um, you know, I, I was a pretty happy financial advisor going back about 15 years. I was making a really good living. I was working with clients about three and a half days a week. I was taking long weekends, the family, everything was wonderful. Uh, and, and I, 
I had this income model that I adopted right before the the tech bubble burst in 2000. Actually, in the late 90s, I pulled all my people out of the market in an effort to protect their money. And I suddenly became known as this guy who specializes in income and the I instead of the G. So a few years later, I started to grow frustrated, realizing that a lot of advisors seem to be unwilling to adopt this model or they don't know how. So I started to mentor other advisors around the country on how to do this, how to become income specialists. And I, I showed them not only how to manage the money, but I showed them how to get that brand identity, to brand themselves as such, how to market toward that end, and so on. And more important, even how to educate the investor why the income is so important. And as a lot of these advisors started to grow, uh, they joined Sound Income Strategies as that was formed. But here we are 20 years later, and still, other than, than our group, there are very few people that really, truly specialize in income around the country. And that's why we started this retirement income store now to really make – I want the investor to know that there's a quality control. You know, when something is done through a franchise format, you know the McDonald's in – Quebec is going to make the same hamburgers as the McDonald's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You know that. And it gives people that confidence that they can walk in that store and get the same quality. Um, and we've really been functioning in similar ways, the two dozen of us, throughout all that time. And that's why we've set it up as a franchise format. Um, and now being able to come out with that unique brand, a brand that's ours as a group, the Retirement Income Store, to educate the people as, as a group nationally that there is an alternative and that there's a place that you can go where your your money will be handled by a fiduciary that specializes in the I, not the G, um, mm -hmm. and the confidence to know that there's quality control. It's just not some independent financial advisor running his own shop. It's much bigger than that. Yeah, and I was going to ask you because it seems like uh, all the commercials on TV are all about, uh, you know, don't use a broker, use uh the big name companies. Um, what, what what's happened in that area? Are do, do people get uh, newbies in that kind of a scenario? Are they getting are they getting the advice that they need, or is it just kind of a uh, I don't know basic basic information from basic advisors? What do you think's happening? There? It's a mixed bag. It's really a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, you know, the independent advisors, as a general rule, tend to be more experienced um, because most of us start at a Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley, a big wirehouse, or maybe a big insurance company like a New York Life or a Northwestern Mutual. And we eventually want to become independent because, you know, whether it's we don't want to be handcuffed anymore, we want more freedom, we want our own identity, our own brand, uh, for a variety of reasons. But the problem is that is, 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 is that there's no real control, other, even as a fiduciary, other than passing an exam called the Series 65 exam, um, there's no other control as to what somebody specializes in versus what they don't. For example, mm -hmm. you know, if you want a board-certified cardiologist, well, you know that person is a board-certified cardio cardiologist. That goes beyond just graduating medical school and becoming a doctor. In our world, in the financial world, you don't have that. So when you go talk to somebody, you don't really know what their specialty is, and you don't really know what their biases are. And unfortunately, uh, because an independent advisor does want the business, they have to be a salesperson also. And sometimes a good salesperson will 
take you, if you walk in the office and say you want to be really aggressive, and they'll say, well, that's what we specialize. We specialize in small cap stocks. And then an hour later, a more conservative person walks in describing him or herself as conservative, and that advisor says, yeah, that's what we do. We focus on conservative stuff. And they try to be all things to all people. We know we're not all things to all people. We know we specialize in investing for the I instead of the G. That's our niche, and we throw it out there. And if people want to be super aggressive and invest in small cap or non-dividend paying stocks, uh, I'd rather tell them that's not our niche and refer them to somebody else that does if that's what they really want. David, great job describing uh, uh, some you know interesting topics of the day here. Uh, good luck on the new site and the new book. The new book is the Retirement Income Store with an E in it, S T O R dash E. The story behind the launch of the Retirement Income Store. The website is Sound Income Strategies, and I've been talking with David Scranton. David, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you uh, let us know how things are going uh, in the future once again. Thank you, Bill. My pleasure. We'll do. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.